1: Welcome to episode 236 of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Ellent.: In the last decades, thyroid cancer has continuously and sharply increased all over the world for a number of reasons, including more sensitive diagnostic procedures. Your thyroid produces hormones that regulate your heart rate, blood pressure, body temperature, and weight. And joining us today to tell his story about his thyroid cancer and the use of cannabis is Miles Critchley, who is in the UK. Miles, we greatly appreciate you doing this. Thanks very much. Hi, guys. You okay? Yep. Take us back to time. Take us back in time and tell us when you first noticed that something may be amiss with your thyroid.
2: Okay. So it was. Um, it, it pretty much started out in the early end of 2018. Um, I went to the hospital. I had. Um, I thought I had my, my Adam's apple felt a little bit big, and I lifted when did I, uh, I lifted my head up, and I felt this. It felt like a strawberry in my throat, and um, instantly, because obviously I'd, I'd smoked for a, a couple of years beforehand and stuff. I thought, oh, I've got throat cancer, just my luck. So I'd um, I'd ended up going to the doctors. Um, they referred me through a CT scan and an MRI and a biopsy um everything came back fine they said and i was a bit i was a bit i was a bit dubious to it and i was, just, I said to them I said, I said are you sure there's nothing wrong with it and he went no it's just it's just a benign cyst and um, we can see that you've got some sort of calcification in there um but from from the best of our knowledge it's perfectly fine just go about living your life and i was just like okay so that was like i don't know like early early 2018 um i went into a bit of hardship family wise um Everything's kind of levelled itself back out and I thought, Do you know what, this this thing in my throat's getting quite big, so like near enough a year on from that point, from obviously them telling me that everything was okay and they said we're not really we don't really want to pay any interest to it. They said we can take it out if you want, but like it'll only be for scientific research and cosmetics basically. So they said, Oh, we can give you a date and I kind of just I'll be honest, I kind of faffed around just because the the lack of importance that they said it was. Um, I didn't really see anything, obviously, because you, you trust your doctor, don't you? Mm-hmm. You rely you rely on their word and for what they say. So I thought, no, it's okay. So like I said, a year later on, I thought, you know what? It, it feels like it's getting bigger, and I really want to get it out. Um, I approached my doctor again and said, look, I said, when I'm letting on my back and I'm putting my head down, I can feel this, this lump in my throat. Um, I wouldn't say it's obstructing my airway, but like I, I can definitely tell it's there. I really want to get it out. And they go, okay, they're not a problem. So um they said they said like again it's it's not something that's priority you're gonna to have to wait like a couple of months like six months or so and i said all right then cool um within two weeks i got a phone call saying oh we've actually got a cancellation in the next couple of days if you want to come in uh and i thought you know what i was trying to get all my health back on track i'd just previously had a nasal polyp removal from my nose and i thought you know what let's just get it all out of the way so i've gone in had my operation everything's gone perfectly fine um a week two weeks later i got a phone call saying oh we'd like for you to just come in and have a chat and we're gonna just gonna go over what we're gonna do for um and kind of like sort of do some i think it was called um oh, what's it called some sort of test for my thyroid levels anyway mm-hmm. um so I've, so i've gone in um I had a little chat with him and just do you know what nothing in the world can prepare you for when they tell you you've got cancer he had this he just had this relaxed sit back in his chair and he just went well, I said, "Is everything all right?" I said, "We're getting some stitches out or anything." And he went, "No, mate, you've got cancer." And wow. I, and you know what? I, pardon.
3: I just said, "Wow, yeah."
2: And I just, I just I instantly, I just thought, "Wow, you've you've misdiagnosed me," or I just thought maybe it's just grown or whatever. And I just, I put my Billy Big Boy pants on for a minute and just said, "All right, then, cool." So, so what do we need to do? And he goes, "Right, well, next week we want to get you in and we want to fully remove your full thyroid." Um, and we want to give you a medication that you will have to take every single day for the rest of your life. And if you don't take this medication, Miles, within four to five weeks to six weeks, you might slip into a coma and you'll just die. Um, so it's a really important medication that you'll have to take because you're just going to have no hormones in your body. And I thought, geez, that's a—it's a bit of a commitment. A bit of a
3: commitment. Yeah.
2: And obviously, I just thought, what was if I get stuck on a desert island and I can't get my tablets? I just, I just, I just thought a couple of funny things. We didn't uh, do You know what? I said. Um, Today's obviously been a bit, a bit of a shock, and I just said, um, I, I'd, I'd known about cannabis oil for many years, but I think in the midst of it, there and then being told that I was in so much shock that I just, um, I just looked at him and I just went, "Am I going to die?" And he just went, "No, if, if you listen to us." And I just, I just, started, I just started crying, and I, I didn't know what to do, and they just kept telling, trying to talk to me about all these uh, cancer things that I can go to and talk to people. And, and to be quite honest, I just wanted to get out of the room, um. I, I was I was just I was just scared from then. So when he said to me he goes right so let, let's get back on track. So what we need to do is we need to give you this medic we need to give you this operation. Um, then we need to take your full thyroid, give you this medication, and you're gonna be on that for the rest of your life. But we're also we're gonna have to give you some sort of radiation, then we're gonna give you radioactive iodine, um and then just a couple of other little things on from there. And I just thought, well, do you know what? It sounds a, bit, um, sounds a little bit too much for me in the minute. I said, do you know what? I said, can I just have a little bit of time to think about it? And he just, he just all he said to me, he said, the, the clock's ticking. He said, the sooner that you can get in, the better the chance that we have come to save your life. And I just thought, oh, jeez, my me, me heart started beating. So,
1: my, like Miles, when you walked out of the doctor's office, uh, do you yes. remember walking out? What was it, what was I, it like for I,
2: you? I nearly passed out. Um instantly, I just text my partner because she was saying, oh, what's going on? You've you've been in there for a while. And I just text her really bluntly. I know I shouldn't have done it. I should have given it a bit more thought. I just went, I've got cancer. Um, I came outside. I, I nearly fell over. Um, I was crying my eyes out. I got in the car and I just said, this is it. I said, like, I, I never thought it would be me. No one ever does. No one ever thinks it's going to be them.
3: What so, did um, you think going in? What did you think he was going to talk to you about?
2: I, I, I thought I was going to get some stitches taken mm, out. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't think that anything, anything was going to be a problem because it, uh, obviously like over the years, my thyroid, I don't know if it's anything linked to it, but I started putting on a bit of weight. Uh, my hair's gone pristine white, like Gandalf from the Lord of the Rings. I'm, I just thought there's something, something wasn't right. But then as soon as I had my thyroid, this, 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 uh, it was, I went in for an if, if mastectomy, an if mastectomy or something like that. Um, and obviously they couldn't do any more of the procedure without me signing the contract or something, that's what he said, I needed to sign for him to take the whole thing out so I was just like, oh geez, so I've got home, um, well on the way home basically I, I rang my dearest and told him that um, I've got cancer and they've given me a, a protocol of what they'd like to do um, and the surgeon said to me, one of the other things he goes um, he goes, this this is only a standard procedure he said we've done this for many many years this procedure now, we, we don't change it and I was just like, oh right. And I, in my head I was thinking, well, everyone's different. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's mm-hmm. got different levels, everyone's got different cancers, they're all different sizes. And I thought, right, so, um, I don't know, like my family were telling me that, oh, you need to do the radiation, you need to do the ID and you need to you need to do what they tell you to do. And I said, you know what? I said, I'd love to be able to say, okay, to please you, but there's just something in my heart, in my gut, that's telling me that this is not the way. I've always know, I've always known about cannabis. I've always known about the somewhat endocrine that is now known as an endocannabinoid system. And I know I've just always had little twinges, and I thought, do you know what, I really, really, really now need to get my thinking head on and just try and work out what I need to do.
1: So, what did you um, what did you do next?
2: So, there's uh, someone in the UK who's a uh, he's grown to be a, a good friend of mine now. who's mm-hmm. helped me out with a lot of things. Um, obviously, as much as I believe that um cannabis oil itself is a is a a great thing i believe that um life change and just supplements in a way you know what i mean not everything like i don't believe that i can just take a couple of tablets and it's going to save my life but i just thought like i'd heard about vitamin b17 the light trial uh, the the cyanide sort of capsules you can be ingesting um i've heard of liposomal vitamin c and uh, intravenous stuff and just basically just staying on top of all the levels because obviously like I must admit I've not I've not been the healthiest picture of health for for years to come. Do you know what I mean? So I've mm-hmm. all, I've, when it when it came to it now I thought, do you know what? I've I've I don't know I don't really like the word when people say anecdotal stories sort of thing. If if, if it's worked for someone, it's worked and it's a fact in my eyes. If, if you know what I mean, if someone's taken something or someone's done something in a certain way and it's worked for them and they're still alive and they're still happy, then it's good for them. So I thought like I'm just gonna just do everything that I can get my hands on absolutely everything Um, so I started doing all the supplement thing and then I just thought you know what the the, the main thing of this was the cannabis oil um no I've 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 got a a past in the UK where I know a lot of friends and I've got a lot of people that I've done a lot of work for over the years Mm. and I've helped people out um so for me to tell some of the uh, my, my dearest friends and associates or whatever that it's like I really really need this help um, I spent all my savings and I, I, I ended up getting like three or four kilos, four kilos of weed. Um, and I just did as much research as I could watching all these little videos from like Rick Simpson and stuff like that, how to make it. And everyone was just like, Oh, why don't you just, um, why don't you just buy it online? And mm. from what I'd researched to do with the oil, there's a the major part of it is the decarboxylation. You know what I mean? It's heating it to that point where it becomes active. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to spend all my money and just relying on people. Because obviously it's a, it's a really important thing to me and I didn't want to spend all this time relying on taking this oil every single day that I've been given from people. And it just not worked because it's not been decarbed properly. So um, amongst me and a couple of friends, we just went all breaking bad on it. And we just, yeah, we just we just cooked up as much oil as we could. Um, we, we sieved it, soaked it in alcohol. Um, I did mine through a water distiller. Um, and then once it's once I've finished with it in the water distiller, I put it in a Pyrex glass dish, um, and I've got a magnetic hot plate stirrer with a magnet in the bottom, and I put it on there and I bring it to the I bring it to the right temperature, and I just and I just I don't just let it I don't know let it decarb is that the way, best yeah, way to say it? Yeah. Um I put it into the syringes, um, and then I thought, you know what, cool, this is it. You know what, it was an absolute nightmare to make the oil, only because I live in a quite a close-necked sort of area Mm -hmm. and it absolutely stunk the road out everyone uh, my neighbours must have just thought I must have had some sort of like crop going on in my house (laughs) Um, now
3: could you Miles could you smell the cannabis or the alcohol more
2: uh, do you know what obviously you could smell a bit of the booze but it was very very strong plants
3: mm, okay because um, i know when i did it was yeah alcohol and i live in a townhouse complex that it was like oh for crying <laughs> all I, 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 was, I
2: was dubious and i thought you know what i need to do this outside and like i live i didn't think of it and i've been told that it, this might not be true but like i wasn't wearing gloves when i was doing it so obviously all these cannabinoids and all this alcohol out within like 10 minutes of me trying to grind up endless amounts of weed in this big winemaking bucket I feel I'm feeling a bit drunk here, you know. And I'm feeling a bit. I'm feeling a bit. I'm feeling a bit, bit headachey and a bit stoned. And I thought, yeah, I'm floating through this. Wow. Well, um, and I think the the most tedious part of it for me was filtering it. Oh, and filtering up,
3: it! It get, takes forever. The sediment
2: and the tri- and the empty trichomes and all that type of stuff that took absolutely ages.
3: Yeah.
2: Um. So yeah, once I uh, once I I distilled it, put it on my hot plate, um, properly decarbed it, put it into my syringes, and I thought, right, here we go, boom. So I put a bit on my finger.
3: So how much is a bit?
2: Uh... Do you know what? I didn't really know. What I was. I didn't. Really, I've. I've. I've seen the rice grain chart, mm-hmm. and I just thought, oh, do you know what? Maybe I just need to give myself a good decent blob. So like, I put. I think I put like a Cheerio, <laughs> a Cheerio as a mark of my finger. And oh, bravo
3: I sm- for you, Miles.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, the thing is, I, I smoked cannabis for thirteen years. I ended up quit smoking. There's something in the UK called K2 or Spice, if you've ever heard of it. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, well, it's similar thing um, going I, on in the, in North America. I think more in yeah, the states and Canada, but it's horrible. Yeah.
2: I ended up being tricked into smoking it, the liquid form of it, and it, um, it just completely ruined cannabis for me.
3: Mm.
2: Um, whenever, whenever I tried to smoke it after, then it, it just, my heart started racing. I had panic attacks, and I thought, Do you know what? Um, I've just become a parent. I don't need to smoke anymore. I'm going to be okay. I don't need to smoke. This is, this is maybe like a little bit of a godsend.
3: Yeah, so yeah. When I made it- for for listeners out there, spice. We, there's people dying from this. Yeah, yep. you, can, so you, you stay smoke away, it, and you please. can have a heart
2: attack. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Never, I wouldn't even wish it up on my worst enemy to smoke that. Yeah.
3: So, so, so you do behold. you do the Cheerios. Talk 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 about yeah. the first night with the Cheerios size amount there. My God. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: now, obviously, like, I I used to think I was a bit of a connoisseur when it come, and I was a bit of a wee Jesus when it came down to how much I be. I, was, I used to be able to smoke, but nothing compared to how much I I was just locked to my bed. I remember I, I had I had a bag of pretzels, a little cheese board, and some grapes, and I sat there and I just I was I was clutching onto my bed for about four hours, trying to like Google how to get unstoned. Oh crazy. yeah,
3: well you know um, for for listeners out there, um, often I speak with it seems to be men more than women. Ah, I've been smoking all my life. I'll be fine, and I'm like, this is a different beast. And Miles, <laughs> is it so is, different. isn't
2: it? <laughs> it's crazy how how stoned it gets. You, yeah. And um, straight away, I just thought, do you know what? I, instantly, I had a panic. I woke up the next day even more stoned than I was
3: that <laughs> night. <laughs> Congratulations!
2: <laughs> and I just thought, Jesus, when's it going to wear off? So I had myself a coffee, and then I thought the coffee's warmed it up in my stomach, and it's gone to my liver, and I just thought, oh no, this is even worse. <laughs> so after, after after my first initial panic attack, I thought, do you know what? i need to. I'm not going to do that much again. I'm going to stick to this chart, and I'm going to stick to this little half a grain thing until I start to feel a bit better. Mm-hmm. Um so, yeah, so I, when I woke up at, later on that day, I just thought, you know what, maybe maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I'm going to have to do this treatment because I, I felt at the time that now this is kind of where I got a bit serious now. I thought I'm not going to be able to do it. I can't actually handle that. And I'm watching people say that you need to be able to take a gram a day. And I just thought a gram, like one milliliter, one of them little syringes full. I just thought not a chance. I will be whiteying day in, day out. Right. And I just thought I'm not going to be able to do it obviously um in the time that when i got diagnosed um i didn't have any time off work i literally went to work the next day um bills sadly don't wait for patients mm-hmm. or anyone that's no. ill so i just had to just dive straight into it and then um i started obviously i started watching um, your channel and watching loads of videos speaking to other people that have had cancer and stuff like that and i just kept, I kept getting little whiffs of people taking suppositories and i thought you know what there uh, was there was a video um a couple of years ago of a woman called Sharon Kelly and she had like a terminal mm-hmm, lung cancer, mm-hmm. I think.
3: Yeah. Sharon in um, Australia.
2: I be- yeah. Yeah. I, I believe that she isn't around anymore. No. Um, God rest her soul. Um, and I, I heard that she was taking suppositories. Now, obviously I've heard that when you take the suppositories, it bypasses your liver um, and doesn't get you the high. Now, I tried, I tried a suppository and I only put it a smidgen in, and it didn't stay in much longer. And I was just like, "Oh, this is a nightmare." So like, I was, um, I, I was, I was pushing as far as I could. Let's put it that way. And um, I was, I was still getting like a, a nice, comfortable stoned, but nothing to the point where, um, I was affected in so much in the same way. Now, what I'd noticed is the amount of uh, the amount of oil that I could I could use in a suppository was miles past the amount that I could handle orally mm-hmm. now the when I was taking it orally I really wanted to try and get it up as much as I could but I was really really trying my best to build my tolerance up but I kept getting up to like a couple of grains of rice a day and I thought you know what I'm just gonna so I got some I got some small capsules and I got some large ones So the small capsules that I was taking suppositories were were containing 0.64 millilitres. And then I got some larger capsules that that contained 1.67 millilitres or something like that. So for a short while, um, I was taking 1.67 millilitres suppository and I was getting up to around 0.5 a day um, orally. So I was just really, really trying every single way that I could to try and ingest it, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just look I just at that. Um, there was times where people were telling me, oh, you're a bit silly doing this. And I think, I think the, the, the biggest thing for cancer for me was my fight. Now, I'm not going to go into my life story, so to speak, as in how my life broke down. But shortly after I ended up uh, being diagnosed and talking to um, my loved ones and my partner at the time about what my, um, what my protocol was going to be. I, was, I got told that it wasn't a very good idea, um, I probably wasn't going to be here, I needed to use my head properly, I've got kids and I've got a family and I just thought, you know what, not in a selfish sort of way, but no disrespect to anyone that's ever been poorly, but I didn't want to be that person led in that bed, I didn't want to do the radiation, now to me, like I, I personally find the radiation is so scary, and I can get upset thinking about it now that how how I was pushed to do something like that Mm -hmm. I personally find radiation it's like a barbaric method Mm -hmm. and I I hate I hate to say it bad to anybody else that's doing it and that they're they're working and they're taking the oil then you know what I mean godspeed to you but I was just so scared about taking it because I I know I know people that have that have taken radiation and, and chemo and stuff like that and they always say, like, oh, chemotherapy, doesn't, we don't say it can save your life, but it can just prolong it and it never actually kills the actual stem of the cancer. And I just thought, ooh, um. So I thought, Do you know what? I'm just gonna stick to this oil as much as I could. Um, and I and honestly, I, I just I just took the, the oil religiously all day, every single day. Um, and I went through I went through hundreds of millilitres in, in, in a matter of no time. Um I made I think I'd made myself around five or six hundred millilitres, um, and I just thought like, oh, I can I can sit on this. This is this is something that I'll be able to just keep for the rest of my life, or like I I, I can always make oil whenever I need to make it, really. Um, and I, and I'll be honest, I gave it away. I gave anyone anyone that I could find that was suffering, or friends, who I was telling mm. I was doing it. I gave I was giving like ninety millilitres away at a time, and I didn't want a penny for it. I just, I just wanted, for me, the value of someone still being there in five years, ten years time, for them or their kids to come up to me and shake my hand, and even if they didn't make it, the kids to come up to me and say thanks for, thanks for giving my parents or whatever that bit more time or that bit more hope, and not thinking that they're suffering. To me, that was my payment. I just wanted to know that we're human. Do you know what I mean? I think it's the, um, it's the only right thing we can do to help everyone around us. There's everything on this earth that can cure us or help us do what we need to do. Sadly, we're surrounded in an environment full of toxins, aspartames, we've got fluoride in our water, and whichever, one, whichever little avenue you want to go down to talk about conspiracy, but it's all a, it's all a bit of a mess, isn't it? So.
1: Yeah, that's uh, really honourable of you to do that, Miles. I want to ask you, uh, when you first started taking this, there were some family members who were resistant. What did they say when you continued to use the cannabis oil?
2: i was i was just told i was foolish and that i was going to die and in a, not in a malicious way through like family but like um i'm sure my mum won't mind me talking about it my mum had breast cancer a year ago uh, a year uh, in 2017 mm-hmm. uh, back, the back end of 2017 and um obviously that was that was a big thing so for me to tell my mum that i had cancer i was just like i said like, mum, you need to you should do this for me you know like selenium be taking iodine let's take curcumin let's Let's do all these things. And so, anyone else that's not as in depth in research—I'm not calling myself a scientist—but I, I, I went, I, I worked as hard as I could to try and find out as much as I could. People in moments like this, I think that you want to be able to rely on your doctor. You want to be able to rely on your surgeon, or I don't know, like your government telling you what's the best thing that's going to keep you alive. You don't know I mean. So obviously, my family telling me that I was doing something wrong. Um, Two weeks after I got told that I got diagnosed, my partner and, and me, t- saying that I was going to be taking cannabis oil, my partner broke up with me. Um, so I have to, I have to deal with that in my own little way. I've had to deal with being at work all the time. I'm, I was just so focused on just all I wanted to do was live. I've got a little girl and she's the most important thing in the world to me. Mm-hmm. And I just and 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 I and I God be damned if I'm not going to do anything that I can to save my ass and everyone around me. Um, so I just I literally just took as, as much oil as I could all day every single day um, the surgeon said he wanted to see me and he wanted me to come in and have a little bit of a chat um, And even he got a bit upset I came into the I came into the surgery and this was I think this was like a month or so later And he said to me hi miles you okay? And I said yeah he goes so when we're going to get you in for this operation and I said to be quite honest mate I said I can't do it And he went go on why? And I said um, I said My life's just been turned upside down after this operation Um, obviously me getting half my thyroid removed or whatever they did. Um, I ended up taking, um, three or four weeks off work. So that impacted me financially. Um, and then for you to tell me that you want me to get, come back in and do another surgery, that's another four weeks off work. And I just thought, I can't do it. And I said, I've just broken up my partner. I said, I'm having to move to the other side of England. I've got a little girl. I said, I've just got so much going on. I said, I said, I know it sounds really, really daft, but I can't afford to have this surgery. And I said, to be quite honest, I said, from what I found out, I'm not really too keen on the protocol. You told me that um, this, uh, this, this hormone replacement tablet um, is a synthetic hormone. So to the best of my knowledge, to so know anything like that, it's, it's basically a toxin um, that could potentially make me ill. So I did a bit more digging on it and I found links to cases where it can cause liver disease and liver cancer. And I just thought, so you, so you want to you remove my cancer? Well, you want to remove my full thyroid to then give me a tablet that I have to then take for every single day for the rest of my life and then give it five years. I go, oh, my stomach hurts. I go to the hospital. I go for another scan. Hopefully you diagnose it properly this time. And then you find liver cancer or you find bowel cancer or you find another cancer or just something linked for this tablet anyway. And then when I think to myself, oh, do you know what? Then If that tablet's giving me cancer that you've been telling me to take all this time, I'm going to stop taking it. And then when I stop taking it, give it six weeks, I'll fall into a coma and I'll die because I'm not getting the right hormones. And I just thought, do you know what? It just sounds like a massive run of worms. That
3: the thing's thought, a little, just, little insane.
2: Yeah. And I, I, I just, even when I came in, when I spoke to him, he said to me, he goes, um, yeah, we want to give you the radiation. Then we want to give you radioactive iodine. Then we want to give you a scan. And I just went, eh?
1: mm-hmm. do you
2: not want to do you not want to? scanned me first and he goes oh well you, you're gonna it's gonna be on the other side your nodule was i had t3 papillary carcinoma he goes you had cut you had it was about four centimeters there's going to be nodules in the other side from what we can tell and i just thought oh do you know what i'm not i, I don't want to do it and he just went he went you need to do this you know and i just went i know but like there's just a little part with it that doesn't want to do it um and i left
3: Miles, I um, admire your courage and listening to your your inner, you know, you, know, your, you know, your instinct.
2: Do you know what it is? My my brain told me one thing, and my heart told me another. Mm-hmm. Um, my mum and my sisters and my my partner at the time were just saying, "Do you know what? You're really brave for you to have this much faith in something." It it is admirable, but you're stupid. (laughs) Mm. And I just thought, and I thought, you know what? Well, if this this is what's telling me, I said, I know it's worked for some people. Sadly, for some, it hasn't. Maybe they didn't get decarb oil. Maybe they didn't get up to the right amount they should be taking every day. Maybe they just stuck at having half a grain of rice a day every day for six months, and they didn't can get up to that bit. But I thought, you know what? I'm not going to let this beat me. so a little bit of time goes down the line, um, and I just thought, do you know what, this is this is this is my time just to kind of become more acquainted with the oil. Mm-hmm. Um, so gave it a bit of time, and I, it it was coming up due for um, another chat with him. And do you know what, I, I hate going back to that hospital, even though when you go into that waiting room and there's there's loads of people sat there, and I'm dying to talk to people and just get a little bits of conversation with them and just kind of give them little bits of hope, like I'm writing on business cards, like. Oh, you should uh, you should have a look at this oil and stuff like that and as much as people are kind of interested given the the, the the sad part of it for me is that it's the stigma that it's cannabis
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's if right. anyone
2: ever turned around and said oh there's a there's a black oil um, that gets rid of cancer um I won't go into the, the specs of how it does it but it's just it's just it's just how it does it people are like, oh that's interesting but as soon as you say cannabis or weed, they think, oh yeah, it's hippie talk. Mm-hmm. We don't really, we're not really interested. And I think that, to me, was the most annoying bit because people just thought I was stupid. And I said, so you think me taking a plant stupid? Yet yeah, you're relying on something that comes back from the war with the concentration camps and radiation, and you think that's how you think I'm crazy for taking oil? Yet. Yeah, Radiation to me is a it's a really scary thing, and I I'm not, I'm not trying to disrespect anyone that is going through chemotherapy and taking oil. You know what I mean? Everyone everyone's on their own path of trying mm. to, of trying to get better, but to me, I just thought I just I just can't do it. Um, so a little bit of time goes down the line, and he ended up he wanted me to come in again. Um, I had me my anxiety of sitting in the waiting room because I knew that he's he's just going to try and black me into doing this operation, and I was just thought like, I can't do it. But at the same time, um, I didn't want to go in there and just say. No, I don't want to speak to you anymore because and I thought he turf me out and then I'd never be able to kind of track my progress yeah. in a way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I thought I'll try and I'll try and keep him sweet <laughs> mm-hmm. and just so I can just so I can keep doing my thing. Um, now, you know what I mean. This, this this was only a couple of months ago now, um, and I, and honestly, I I can't explain to you how much oil I consumed. I got to the point where I was taking it. It was two milliliters suppository. A day and I was taking as much as I could orally Um now there was days where like I'd, I'd, I'd only done like I, w- I don't know I'd only taken like 0.5 or 0.64 like the small cup ca- the capsule suppository just because it was it was a little bit overwhelming you know what I mean yeah it's it's hard to, to take oil like that mm-hmm. and get up to it now what, what was confusing for me is like I'd, I've, I've watched videos of where people are taking like 0.5 millilitres orally and they were like, "Yeah, I don't even get stoned if it anymore." And I thought, "I must be making some sort of Heisenberg oil," where I don't know. <laughs> my mind was
1: just—I
2: well, you couldn't. You, I couldn't have it. There's not a chance I could have had that much.
3: Everybody's got different levels, miles, and also everybody has different amounts of cannabinoid receptors, which I think plays a big part. Um, yes, and, and you know the thing is too—that whole sixty grams in ninety days is kind of old school and. Some people need more. Some people need less. I didn't get yeah. up to a gram. Some people do two grams a day. It's a very individual thing, you know.
2: I, I don't understand. I don't understand how anyone can do a mil, one milliliter a day. Um, mm. It's just it's it's crazy. I watched um I watched the documentary on Netflix um, not long ago called Weed for People. Have you heard oh, of yeah, it? Yeah, it with Mark. Yeah, that's and, very
1: good. Yeah.
2: Um, and that was that was that was you know I cried my eyes out watching that. And, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, I just thought, I just want, I just want, I, you know, if you, if you could stand on top of the hills and just broadcast it just to tell anybody that it works, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, and honestly, mm-hmm. on, on God's truth, if I didn't have the, if I didn't have the oil, or if I didn't have the research, I'm getting a bit upset, if I didn't have the research or the knowledge that the oil could have could have helped me, then I would have had no faith.
1: Miles, I just, are, I would, so, sorry to interrupt, I just uh, want well, to know, are you cancer free today?
3: Yeah, where are yes. you now? What happened at your last visit?
2: So when I went into my last visit, um, he kind of changed everything because obviously since then he, he 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 wanted me to come in for a chat, um, and he he organised for me to have a CT scan and an MRI. Um, now I was a bit dubious because I know the the thyroid's really sensitive towards radiation, and I just mm-hmm. thought, oh, I don't really want to do it, and I knew just the the scanning machines are the the. You know what I mean? There was a strong radiation thing. And as much as then people can hide behind the doors and stuff like that in the hospital, I knew it was a big thing. But I, in the, the anxiety in my head, I needed to know that I didn't have cancer anymore. So this is after like near enough six months of me taking oil absolutely every single day, every day. Um, I've gone in and he kind of dropped all his, his. How can I put it? He was very adamant that I needed to do the procedure that he had in his protocol for me to stay alive. After my test came back, he goes, "I don't know what you've done, and I don't know what you're doing, but you, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. You don't have cancer anymore."
3: Right. And I went, eh. "Oh
2: wow!" And he went, "And he, I said, "I said, what about the operation?" And he went, "If you choose to do the operation, you can do. We'd only do it just in case, and it'd only be for, for, for as like a, a procedure, like, a, like a, it'd just be like as a class, as a standard protocol." And I just thought, "Eh." I
3: wish Um, you could uh, see Ian's face right now, Miles.
2: Honestly, honestly, a couple of months ago, it was it was almost like he just wanted me to just get in and get out. He Mm -hmm. wasn't he just he just wasn't interested in doing the the thing anymore. And I thought, a a couple of months ago, you were sincere in telling me that if I didn't do this, I was going to die. you know what I mean? You you may be worried that much that I had to do it. And he just said, he he goes, I said, so so, 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 do I have cancer anymore? He went, but you are cancer free. You don't have cancer. There is no cancer left in your body. They did my blood tests uh the, the, some sort of count nothing was left in me
1: that is fantastic absolutely nothing now after that and visit you know, did you head to the pub
2: And uh, do you know what? i don't drink you know i don't oh. i don't do absolutely anything okay. i should have done but i just i just i just cried i just i just cried my eyes out and you know what yeah. and not to like stick the finger up to everyone that i know yeah that was telling me that i was stupid but i just thought you know what look at me now you know what i mean i'm, I'm still here
3: you're still and just, here, a, and your body's not damaged from chemo and radiation? Exactly,
2: exactly. You're cancer-free? You know
1: Besides being cancer-free, how do you feel physically?
2: the world. Um, other than the relief, um, I'm, it's, cancer's changed my life. Mm-hmm. I've, I, I live differently, I drink differently, I drink distilled water, I alkaline it, I drink that every day. I'm taking a I'm taking curcumin I'm taking vitamin B2 K2 and D3 I'm taking uh, iodine every day I'm still doing my liposomal vitamin C I'm doing I've started doing these coffee enema things um because I got told that um your your liver produces glutathione or something um and obviously for all these toxins to be in your liver and when you're doing these coffee enemas they they flush you they flush your um Mm -hmm. your liver out so your liver that can then produce like 15 times more glutathione to to get rid of um i don't know cancerous cells or toxins or whatever um so like even for people that have got cancer i've been told that it's a great thing to do for them as well because it's, it's just helping detox the body so i'm still doing everything in a casual sort of just every day i wake up put on my tablets in my hands neck them drink loads of water and i'm all right um i'm not taking the same amount of oil that i was because I, I needed to function <laughs> yeah. um as much as I could, but I'm, st- I'm still taking, you know, I'm still going to bed and putting like a grain of rice or a little bit on my tongue. And I'm still having a, a, a little suppository here and there mm. of, of, of that size. Um, I, I, Do you know what? I, I think I'm only doing that because I'm just scared.
3: It's as, important to stay on a maintenance dose miles. Certainly, I've seen this time and time again where people have cleared themselves and then they stopped and they just taking off. it. Yeah so you need to do uh continue doing at least a maintenance uh dose for a, you know for the rest of your life. Yeah.
2: No I'm I'm more than happy and capable to do that. I just think it was just the what's what is a maintenance dose is it is because it, like I, I remember I watched that that Rick Simpson video and he was saying oh maybe you should just go down to taking like a gram a month and I thought no nah, I'll be ta- I need to take more than that that's I like to take like at least like a, a grain or two.
3: Yeah, I um, I sort of like to err on the side of caution to Two to three grams a month, somewhere yeah. in there. So that's I can, I can
2: do that. That's fine.
1: Yeah, I mean I you'll you'll, I you'll figure it out because you uh, you figured it out initially. So you'll do yeah. what's what's best for you. When you were declared cancer free, what did some of the critics of your protocol tell you?
2: Well, the the, the funny thing is is when everyone was, everyone was gobsmacked, to say the least, nobody thought that I was ever going to be, I was ever going to be okay, or if anything was ever going to turn around, so for me to say that, oh, I'm I'm cancer free now, I think it just began a trail of interest for people to kind of go, oh, well, well, what did you actually do then, like, what, what did you, did you just get, did you just smoke weed, did you just eat weed, and I just thought, no, you're going to do an alcoholic extraction, and you're going to cook off the alcohol, and you know what I mean? You've got to, you better, you you've you do it until it's non-reactive anymore, and there's no like alcohol left in it. I've seen people. Some people try and give me some oil, and you can just smell the solvent in it. And I just thought, no, you've 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 not done this right. It's not, it's not, it's, it, this isn't this isn't what's gonna this isn't what's gonna help you out. Um, but when you say when you when you say the critics, do you mean family members and Fem- friends? Fa- family
1: or? members who were opposed to what you were doing.
2: So. Uh, I stayed broken up with my partner, um, given the knowledge of what would ever happen. Um, my my sisters and my mum and my family they they kind of they, they kind of took it on board, but there was a there was there was a level of
1: skepticism. Oh, it, it might not, mm-hmm. yeah,
2: just like oh, it might come back or it might do this or it might do that. So I'll, I'll, I don't know. Do you know what I find for really frustrating is that I'll I'll preach about it every single day.
0: <laughs> like, I,
2: I, 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 do you know what I mean? If, yeah. I, I believe that if if it saves my life, and I'll spend every day telling people about it, because mm-hmm. I'd never want anyone to believe that you got a death sentence. Mm-hmm. So I, people are asking me like, oh, how would you get the scar on your throat? Or how have you done this? Or like, are you okay? And I just say, look, it's 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 oil, and it, it, it's just it's just doing a certain things, and and just and just and just living, just living better, and just and just, take, and just taking oil, and they were like. I don't understand it. It's only weed. Like, why? Why wouldn't you just do radiation? I said because, you know what I mean. There's there's enough stuff on this planet. Like I said before, that's that's here to do stuff. And when you when you do a bit of research on your endocannabinoid system, like I was baffled when I realised that women that are breastfeeding, uh, when they're pregnant, the the, the breasts produce uh, uh, a, like is it CBD or something like that in the breasts. And cannabinoids. Thought,
3: there's cannabinoids yeah. in mother's milk. Yes. Yeah.
2: And I just, and I just thought that absolutely blew my mind. So for, for that to have been there, in my head, it just clicked that that a long time ago, or whoever made us, or however we got to this earth, we used to use cannabis in a way where it was ingrained in our DNA to the point where we used it and we evolved with it and we used it for medicine, we used it for loads and loads and loads of things. My little girl, um, she, had a, she she ended up getting um, a really bad eczema on the back of her leg and She got given some steroid creams and nothing was working. And I just thought, you know what? I I, I got my, I got my hands on some really, really strong, um, CBD oil. Um, and I just, I I heated up some, um, coconut oil and some cocoa butter. And I added the oil to it. I brought it up to 120 degrees centigrade. I stirred it around, poured it into these little pots and I let them set. Um, no word of a lie. I rubbed this cream on my little daughter's legs. The, the kind of went all red and aggravated like I'd annoyed the eczema. Um, Six days later, no eczema, completely gone. And I just rubbed the cream on her every single day. She does not have eczema anymore. And now she's got the most beautiful skin ever from it. And I just thought there's all our, like the CB1 and the CB2 receptors, all our bodies were, just, were full of organs. The skin's an organ, everything. Do you know what I mean? And I just thought I need to be able to help in a way. So, yeah, I, well, did, uh, I did the oil and it worked to treat.
1: I think one of the things, uh, Miles, that you've done by telling your story is you've helped a lot of people around the world who will be listening to your story, and we very much appreciate you telling us uh, what you went through, and uh, you listened to your gut, and uh, your gut and your heart told you what to do, and as a result of that, you are healthy today, and I want to thank you very much for sharing your story with others. We
3: very much appreciate it.
2: It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for taking the time out to listen to me,
3: Miles. Thank you so much.
2: No, it's honestly, it's a, it's a pleasure. I just, I just hope that if, if you know what I mean, for the, for what, for the work that you guys do, and for, you know what I mean. I, I spent, I spent hours listening to your videos, and it just, I can, I can be sitting there having a bit of a, having a bit of a moment, feeling not very hopeful, and I, and I can, and I just feel better. It's this, it's, it's, it's hearing other people and their stories. Mm-hmm. And stories sound like fairy tales, but it's hearing other people's success stories and how they are. It just it just makes you feel a lot better, and it, it just gives you the fire inside you to, to do what you need to do.
1: Yeah, great Honestly, stuff. Great I, I, stuff, Miles.
2: I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much.
3: Thank you, Miles.
1: Thank you. He had a great story, Corey, and one of the things he did that you did, uh, he— decided not to take the chemo and radiation and uh, his gut told him that was something out there did your gut tell you there was something out there or were you just too bloody scared to do the 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 common protocol
3: i was too scared i mean i'd already found cannabis oil i because i did all that research when they yeah. told me they wanted to do radiation but yeah i was scared to do radiation i was like yeah yeah, yeah. That's
1: another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. We'd like to thank Ron Zar, our producer, and uh, thank him for his generosity in letting us use his studios to record these podcasts. And we'll see you next time on Cannabis Health Radio.
0: Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. I am so grateful to have found my tribe of cannabis podcasters right here on PodConX and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.